0: Welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast. I am so excited to have our guest here today. If you heard our episode a few weeks ago with Ashley about CEO days, Ashley and I met and immediately she was like, I need to connect you to Michelle. She would be a perfect person for your podcast, a perfect human to know. And you guys, that is exactly what happened. Michelle and I hopped on a call and immediately connected. We just got along so well. And I was even telling her, I woke up this morning, just like not feeling at my best, not super thrilled to record. And then I saw her name on my schedule and I was like, yes, thank goodness for a good episode. I'm so excited to do this one. So you guys are in for an absolute treat today. So I'm here to introduce Michelle White. Michelle is the Empress of Etiquette and your business big sis on all things etiquette and connection. She specializes in curating meaningful experiences that bring people together, fostering authentic connections, and celebrating the beauty of human interaction. Michelle helps entrepreneurs just like you navigate the people parts of your business with ease, integrity, and intention. Michelle uses 18 years of hospitality and event planning, along with her business etiquette expertise, to elevate the intention behind gathering people together for more memorable and meaningful experiences. Whether it's through event planning, nurturing interpersonal bonds, or mentoring entrepreneurs, Michelle's passion lies in creating spaces where people can connect, communicate, and carry themselves with more ease and authenticity. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. I'm
1: so glad you were looking forward to this. I was too. I could use a good conversation. And so this has been on my calendar like a treat at the end of my week.
0: Ah, oh, I love that. And I normally do, to our listeners, I normally record on Fridays. I know you're hearing this on Thursdays, but I do save recordings for Friday because it's just such a good outro to the week. So I absolutely love it. But Michelle, I would love, I just read your bio, obviously, but I want to hear in your words, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and kind of how you've gotten to this point.
1: Yeah. Where to start? Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> how I got into business, let's take it all the way back. Picture it, Sicily, <laughs> 1934. No. It... I'm a military spouse. And so I was in love with a boy who was going overseas and I had a freshly printed degree and I was going with him. And I got to Germany and there were no jobs. And I paused and said, Oh, (laughs) this is what my life is going to be. And that is really what sparked entrepreneurship in general for me. It was just like, if I'm going to have a career, I'm going to have to create it. And I have to create a thing that will go where I go and serve the needs of me and my military lifestyle at that point. And so sat down, did all the right things of choosing where your strengths are. And I did a lot of large scale events in college. And it is a thing that I love. I went into school for business. And that at that time, that's all it was called. It wasn't called entrepreneurship. I'm old. <laughs> so it was just business. And I hated it. Oh, my gosh. I can't even get into how much I hated it. And then I switched to public relations. Why? Because it was never the same day twice. So combining event planning with public relations, it was a match made in heaven. It is dealing with the messy parts of life that people don't want to, being able to guide, and move people along, process those feelings, and still get a positive outcome became the thing that I loved. With etiquette along the way, you start to see a lot of people be rewarded for bad behavior. And I thought that there was something missing. It was just like, what do those people have that I don't have? How do people get ahead this way? What's What am I missing? What didn't I learn? And so I was like, Feet first. Let's go. We're getting all into etiquette. I'm going to find out what the secret is, right? Got into things and it was like, oh, it's not a secret at all. It's just relationships. And if you weren't taught how to build strong relationships or how to build quality relationships, it's why you continue to feel like there's something that there are haves and have nots, and you sometimes feel like a have not. It is all about connections and relationships. And once I figured that out, moving around, using that in my business became the lifeblood. Because I move advertising and the traditional way, which was print at that time, was going to break me. And getting set up in new locations was going to be difficult and expensive. And so I took a step back and was just like, what relationships can I use? How can I build people connections that will sustain this business and bring me the recurring clients that I need without having to fork over big dollars for advertising?
0: That is so smart and really something that I have come to learn in business as well. I want to back up really quickly and ask one question for our audience. When we think about the words etiquette, can you like define this in your words and what you mean here? Because we're all thinking like sitting here at the table, like what's the right fork to use, right? Can you define in your words, like what we're talking about in this etiquette space?
1: Absolutely. And so well said, because one of the first things I say is it's got nothing to do with forks. Nothing. No pinkies, no teacups, nothing to do with forks. And so where I am a specialist is business etiquette. And so that goes for professionals, entrepreneurs, anything in a business setting. So when it comes to etiquette in a business setting, it is simply the rules of engagement. It is how we choose to interact with one another. And that is always based in three things, which is consideration, honesty, and respect. So it is just how you communicate, whether that is verbally or with your body language, to another human and how we set those ground rules. So that's why knowing yourself first is incredibly important because you teach others how to be around you. And then that respect and honesty comes in because then you learn the preferences Of others and you are respectful of those things. And so that is how we sort of set the game and the ground rules for how we are going to interact and interact with intention.
0: I love that you just broke that down so simply because I think as business owners, we have a tendency to say, oh my gosh, I have to do this and that and that. And you're like, no, it breaks down to three things. And these three, you know, there may be little buckets within those three things, but at the end of the day. These are the three things we need to think about. I love that you established what etiquette means for you. I I know we're jumping back and forth here, but I had this question and I really wanted to ask it, but I knew we had to define what etiquette was first. But you talked about really building those relationships with people. For business owners, something people don't know about me is I'm a massive introvert and people look at me and they're like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. I actually really struggle. Once I meet people, once the introduction is facilitated... I'm good, but reaching out to people, I would never cold email. That's my worst fear, even if it's like, hey, let's just chat. And so, how does someone in that place start to build and nurture these relationships? And it might be inner work because I know I got some of that too. It's like fear of rejection.
1: Inner work is a real thing. Let me back you up and say, I'm an introvert too. And that is a thing that people don't recognize. You can be introverted. And still have good social skills. And Mm -hmm. you can be extroverted and have good social skills. So introvert and extroverts are just how we recharge our batteries. It is not necessarily the rules of engagement for how we interact. And so you don't have to feel good at it in order to get better at it. So that's the first thing I tell everybody. Introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter to your your business big sis. There are still ways that you can improve and get better at it, even if you feel like you hate people. So the first thing that you have to do, it's always inner work first, right? You've got to set your mindset because that is what determines your actions. What you think about either yourself, your business, other people really do kind of dictate what your actions will be, whether you'll be reserved or whether you'll be really outgoing. Like you said, when you know people, You're much more comfortable, much more relaxed. And when you don't, I'm an old school girl. I'm from the era of stranger danger. So don't get it wrong that people are strangers and it is completely normal for that to feel uncomfortable and awkward. When you embrace that, you still have a business to run and people are the lifeblood of that. On the other side of every opportunity that you want is a person and a relationship that likely needs to be established Maintained or nurtured, period.
0: I love that. And it's just always a skill. Like, it's so interesting. My husband is that human who I distinctly remember one time we were like on an airplane and got separated and got off the airplane. He was like, These are my new best friends. And I was like, I didn't say anything to anybody the whole time. And so it's so interesting just seeing how people naturally are able to communicate with people. But I think you're so right. Like part of it, and this has been me just inner work, whether it be friendships, because with me recently moving, like having to reach out to make new friendships has been something that I'm experiencing or in business, just reaching out to people. A lot of that has been inner work of being like, Why are you so scared of them being like, No, I don't want to hang out with you because you're literally in the same place? Or, No, I don't want to invest in your product. That's fine. And so, I absolutely love that. Do you have any kind of inner work that you where we start with that or how we think about it? We've
1: got to get into our own preferences to then be able to Mm -hmm. recognize the blind spots of others. The thing is, is we all come with biases. We all have had stories, people, places, things that have shaped who we are today. Whereas some people want to celebrate their birthday for the whole month, there are others who had a traumatic experience and do not wish to be put on display. Both are I will completely hide okay. If you sing me "Happy Birthday," like oh, goodbye, no. running away. <laughs> wow, you're not the clapping, sing a song in a restaurant person oh my gosh,
0: no, don't put that many eyeballs on me.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? And, and that's perfectly okay and normal. It's, it's okay to know where your boundaries are. So something that you said about no. No is twofold. No is an answer to give to protect yourself. No is also an answer on the other end. So when you're afraid to reach out to someone because they're gonna say no, no is a data point. No means this isn't the right opportunity right now. Move on. So you don't spend time agonizing in your head and spinning your wheels on a thing that may or may not be, right? So no works for you when it's not a good fit for you, when you don't want to be put on display at the restaurant, no thank you. It's a good it's a good reference point to protect yourself, but then also when you hear a no, it's perfectly fine because it gives you an answer. And you can make adjustments for your business based on that answer. It's based on data and not feelings. And so that's why that internal work is very important because we have to be able to separate facts versus feelings. When you get in your head about things, when imposter syndrome creeps in, you've got to be able to separate those things and having a mentally poor day for yourself from the business and the betterment of your business. And that is a tricky slope to navigate. But even with a bad day, you can have the social skills needed to continue to grow your business.
0: Michelle, I love that you just explained it like that because that's the same way that I, with my clients, look at money too, right? It's like you have the data and you have emotion. And it's kind of the same thing with this, but... I don't have as much practice or skill in this. So I am actually feeling exposed and on display the way that a lot of my clients probably are when we look at the money side. So that's actually a very good kind of point of reference for me to feel that way. So I love that you just explained that. I want to talk about when we talk about etiquette and starting to build these relationships. There is just so much going on right now, especially in the online business world about, oh, people like, cold reaching out in dms and people like trying to chat oh how gosh. do we like it's just it's a lot and how do we start and build relationships in a way that like is genuinely authentic like i know a couple weeks ago there was someone on instagram who they were in like a similar field i was And I sent a message, genuinely just wanted to connect. I was like, hey, I would love to get to know you. Like, let's book a coffee chat. In my mind, I'm like, they're going to think I'm pitching them. Like, it's just, it's so uncomfortable right now. Like, how do we navigate that? How do we start relationships and open them in like a business etiquette way?
1: Perfect. I love this question. Oh my gosh. All right. (laughs) So being genuine and authentic is being genuine and authentic if you are wild and wonderful in these internet streets, be that. If you are more reserved, be that. It all comes down to research. And that's when we get back into respect, right? What is the thing that respects yourself and your boundaries and the other person? For me, when it comes to like social media and that type of thing, a compliment That helps establish me as a real person. So when I see you launching a new thing and we don't have a super deep connection, I'll send you a voice memo that says, hey, see that you're launching something new, wishing you wild success. The end. I'm not pitching anything. I'm not asking you for anything. I am just paying you a compliment as someone who is consuming your content. Now, if I think we're a good fit, I can then follow up because I didn't come in asking you for something out of the gate, right? When you need to cold pitch, it is a strategy in business. It is a thing that we must do, right? I lay it out for other people. I try to take that discomfort and that awkwardness out of my words, right? So if you are not speaking to someone face-to-face, how I do that is I express in a way that says that I have been learning about you and this is why I think we should meet. It's got to be mutually beneficial. It's not just, hey, I want to teach you this thing, or hey, I want to get in front of your audience. What is the general or the genuine connection? Why is this beneficial for you as much as it is for me? And I think when we get into the intention Versus the transaction behind engaging, that is where you start to find that authenticity. It has to come from a real place of intention that's mutually beneficial that allows that conversation to move forward or it allows your foot in the door to get the conversation, right?
0: I like what you said about like how sometimes this is necessary in business, because for me, the whole cold pitching thing will completely shut me down. But we're going back to the beginning where you said there's a human behind this that for me, the way I think about it is like they might need your help, right? And these are things we have to overcome, not coming at this from a selfish place, because it's not about for me, at least, and for a lot of my clients, I've talked to a lot of them and they're vision for their business, it's not just to grow a business, right? It's to help other people in the process. And so coming back to where you said in the beginning, we have to exercise these muscles in order to... And get uncomfortable in order to... Serve our purpose and potentially be a help to other people. So, literally, like you fra- reframing that for me is already like, okay. Here's why I'm willing to be uncomfortable if it can help me serve this purpose.
1: Absolutely. And it's an exact thing. Again, with the cold pitching, you know the difference. You know when somebody has been in your circle or in your community, and it's just, hey, I have a whole email template I use that is just like when I find one of those people and I'm like, hey, I'm a Southern girl. So I use Southern phrases and I'll say, you don't know me from a can of paint, but I think we should talk. Can you pencil me in for 15 minutes? This is why. That is how I approach it. I understand that you don't know me, but it's not come to my webinar. I can fix all the things for you. You know the difference when someone is reaching out to you in a genuine human to human way and when they just go, I can help you because I saw that you posted a problem once upon a time. There's a huge difference in wanting to get to know people beyond the transaction you have to get curious about people who they are and how they serve before you're really going to make that connection to move forward people do business with people they trust no like and trust is I mean underestimated we are trying to automate the people out of our businesses and it cannot be done.
0: I think that's so true and people are going to especially in the field, I am. And for sure, people are in a place where they're like, I want to trust somebody. I don't just want the transaction. And one of the biggest compliments that I've been getting from my clients lately, and this just makes me so happy when they say, someone sent me a message the other day and they were like, I really feel like you're on my side. And I was like, that's how I want you to feel, right? It's not about, you got me the proper data. Okay, cool. They were not coming to me because I could get them the right information. It was because they had someone in their corner who they really trusted. And so having these, this feedback from clients, I'm really starting to learn that is what keeps them around and that is what they value. And so this is all coming full circle with you saying, you know, people are going to stay and work with who they trust. And because I've been able to develop those, that's what's created that. So when we do meet these people, have connections with them, what are the next steps to really maximizing this connection, not just chatting and then moving on and being done?
1: Yes. And that's what's critically important about getting curious about the person and who and how they serve, because that is what leads to the follow-up. If you go into connecting and growing your network with a transactional mindset, it won't work. It won't work long-term. Why? Because when you don't get the collaboration you want right away, or when you don't get the coffee chat you want right away, what happens? You won't follow-up. Follow-up is how you begin to then nurture those relationships. That is just like, hey, I took a couple notes. I noticed you mentioned that you were going to be launching soon. Or, I mean, take a tip from me. I love Voxer, number one. I love the walkie-talkie aspect and getting to hear people's voices and feedback. It's so fantastic to me. But I boxed a friend that I knew I hadn't followed up with in a while. And I was just like, hey, just checking in, what victory are you celebrating? That's it. That's the end of it. It doesn't have to be these long, drawn-out ways of following up and keep me top of mind. Keeping you top of mind is being genuine about what you are following up about. And you are trying to create a network that not only serves you and your people, but also you wish and want the best for who's in your network. That is follow-up. What's going on in their personal lives? If someone's going out on maternity leave or if someone is experiencing grief, that is a genuine follow-up. And so it doesn't have to be just the ones and zeros or the numbers when it comes to business. It absolutely has to be about the relationship. And again, you can set boundaries on how personal or just business related that is, but you have to follow up. The introduction alone will not get you where you want to go. One collaboration is not recurring. And so What I try to equip pros with is the social and relationship building skills that you need to create and generate that recurring client, recurring collaborations, and of course, recurring coins. You want recurring revenue. This is how you build that. You have to connect. You have to continue to follow up. You have to continue to offer value. And sometimes that's even when you don't get something in return.
0: And I think that's a big lesson that especially I have had to learn. When you are a business owner and you are just so pressed for time, it's so easy to sit down and say, am I getting an ROI on this? Nope, not doing it. And sometimes you're in a place where like me this summer, where I had no extra bandwidth and was like, okay, literally can't. And I think that's fine for a phase. But when you think about, I don't know what the statistic is, but it's the average person. I think this is like related to social media, but it's like they have to see you seven times before they even consider investing in your thing or, you know, just how much you have to have a relationship with people in order to get, I don't want to say like a sailor conversion because that's like not the point of it, but it's thinking about how much we have to pour into people until they just feel comfortable sharing with us.
1: Yeah, I think for me it's even taking that a step further with social media it moved from 7 to 21 by the way. So if you just needed a scare for the day there mm-hmm. you go, right? Right? <laughs> for me it's for me it was how can I work smarter and not necessarily harder? And that took that was a mm-hmm. financial aspect and decision as well. I can continue to put money in a place with a hope that I would get the leads or I can develop a relationship and find out who I'm trying to work with, what they actually need. They are going to learn to trust me, see me as an authority. And over time, they will send me the client that I need, whether that is in a week or whether that is in two months. I played the long game and realized that leveraging relationships in that way was super important. Every person I meet isn't a good fit for my membership, isn't a good fit for my strategy sessions. If you are not willing to do the work more than a program, it's a practice. If you don't want to practice being a good human and what it takes to establish relationships, you're not a good fit. But it doesn't mean that I shouldn't know you because you do finances, right? There is a connection and similarities in our personalities. And maybe one day down the line, I'll have a financial question and I'll go, You know who could probably help me out with that? (laughs) Christy. So it may not be today, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. So for me, I say to remix your mindset on ROI. You got to have relevancy, you got to have opportunity, and you've got to have intention right? That is your ROI. Is there a relevancy? Is there a potential opportunity? And then what is my intention about achieving that? It is not always going to drop in your bank account on the day that it happens. You have to be willing to see someone's expertise as an ROI. If I know you do tech and I have a tech question, do you know how much time you saved me by being able to reach out to you to ask it? So much. That is ROI to me, right? (laughs) Being able to lean on someone else that I trust to get me a correct answer saves me time and time is your moneymaker, right? So it saves you money. If you remix your thoughts on where to get ROI, I think you will get far more curious about people and grow your network in that way, rather than necessarily trying to grow it with a project or a proposal from person to person. If you get curious, you can grow your network in a way and you'll be introduced and mentioned in rooms that you aren't even thinking about.
0: I love that. And what an honor for people to be talking about you because they know you. And your work. And I really think that's a best testament. It's so relevant that you mentioned I could throw my money to whether it be PR or advertising or that same money that I could be generating. I spend the time to get to know people. And you mentioned a really good point, which is a lot of business is the long game. And for me, I actually met with someone who I knew who would have been a potentially good referral source for me like the week I started my business. I wow. messaged him. It was an old friend on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, I see you're doing this. We're in the same sphere. I think I would be a really good fit for some of your clients. Let's chat. A year and a half later, I got sent a client. And so it's just understanding that I think it's really hard depending on where people are at in business, especially in the first two, three, four, five years, <laughs> is building those. But then realizing that, like, it will come back when you least expect it.
1: Look, I know it's cheesy, but you really do or really can think about it like dating. You might be willing to go for a cup of coffee or be in the same room with someone. You are not giving out keys to your apartment or keys to your home. You know what I mean? Some things take more time. People have different tolerances of how they trust. Yes, you sound amazing with your words and your copy. And then two months later, I see all these negative reviews about client experience with you. Some people will wait to see if you're the real deal. You can't talk your way into trust. It has to be earned. You can't make it happen. And that may take a month, that may be instant, or it may take a year and a half like in your case, but it didn't discourage you. Right? It wasn't a part of your worth. You didn't stop at that one opportunity. You kept it in mind. You keep an eye to go, I still am really a good fit. So maybe not right now, but later on, he's going to see that I'm the perfect fit. You keep moving forward in business. And again, you keep making a new connection. I always say you're one conversation away for a game changing collaboration in your business. You have to keep having those conversations. You have to keep getting better at being versatile in your conversation, right? I think that is the key and the number one space that we start. You got to make an introduction. And then you got to maintain and nurture that introduction. That is how you get to the end goal. And that's the end game.
0: Perfect. I love that. And I cannot believe we've already been chatting for almost 30 minutes. Wow. But isn't that crazy? <laughs> but I do want to give you space. If there is something that we haven't talked about that you're like, our listeners absolutely need to hear this, what would that be?
1: I would say the thing that I tell everyone, and it applies to so many aspects of your life, is you don't have to be perfect to prosper. So if you ditch the word, because etiquette can make you cringe, right? And you think of old time, (laughs) put your coat over a puddle type of thing. No, I'm literally like
0: I had a dress at the head of a table with my plate and fork.
1: And that's what I am here to dispel. It is simply the social and relationship skills required to do successful business. That's it. And you don't have to be perfect at that. To prosper at that, you got to tackle some mindsets. You got to tackle your mission. You got to set maneuvers. You know, you got to be tactical with it. But you can show up in spaces being authentically awkward and wonderfully weird. And it is acceptable to be you at all times. And I think that's the important piece. You can be social and do business your way without feeling like you are putting on someone else's clothes. You can be you and it's enough.
0: I think that's so great. And the more you you are, the more people who authentically work or who authentically match with you, that part you will meet and work with. And at the end of the day, that's going to make business easier. If you're not always having to put on a face and pretending to be something you're not. Michelle, this was so enlightening. I'm already walking away with a new mindset on ROI, with a new plan to do some mindset work, follow up with people, I'm gonna make it my goal to reach out to, I'm I'm more invested in like the personal friendship side of things than I am business right now, but I'm gonna make it my goal to like reach out to some people I casually met this weekend. So that's gonna be me. I'm holding myself accountable.
1: Listen, <laughs> I love this. And I think we should make it a challenge for everyone listening reach out to one new connection or one follow-up. I think that is one thing we all can do. Just identify one. One is all you need.
0: I think that's perfect. Michelle, if our listeners loved our conversation, which I know they did, they want to find you or work with you, where can they do that?
1: Absolutely. I am 24 hours and just a click away at michelleaywhite.com and that's White, W-H-Y-T-E. Or I'm always happy to continue the conversation on Instagram and my handle is at the Michelle A. White.
0: I love that. And you can pop into Michelle's DMs. Tell her about the new connection you found because of this episode, because of her encouragement. So thank you so much, Michelle, for being here. This was an incredible episode. I've learned so much. I know our listeners have learned so much. And to our listeners, if you have any thoughts on the episode, if you loved it, be sure to leave us a review, leave us a comment, and shoot me or Michelle a DM what did you learn? What did you like? And what do you want to hear next? So thank you so much for being here and we'll see you next week. Thanks
1: so much, Christy.